This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. Over the past few weeks, one name has been difficult to avoid, Joe Rogan. The popular podcast host has been accused of spreading misinformation on his show, The Joe Rogan Experience. Back in 2020, Spotify paid Rogan 100 million US dollars for exclusive distribution rights to The Joe Rogan Experience in an effort to lure listeners to the platform. Throughout the pandemic, Rogan has received criticism for misinformation, but recently things have reached a boiling point. In early January, an open letter to Spotify from over 270 global scientists and doctors called on Spotify to immediately establish a clear and public policy to moderate misinformation on its platform, citing Rogan's podcast for promoting falsehoods about COVID-19. Then musician Neil Young gave Spotify an ultimatum, saying he would pull his music from the platform if Spotify didn't remove Rogan's show. In response, Spotify pulled Neil Young's catalogue themselves. Spotify's response angered many, and several other artists and podcasters have since left the platform, voluntarily. So how will this whole Joe Rogan situation impact on Spotify's bottom line? Producer James Parkinson has this story. Since Spotify entered the podcast industry in 2018, the company has spent hundreds of millions of dollars. They've purchased production studios like Gimlet Media and technology companies like the podcast hosting platform Megaphone. With such large investments, Spotify need to see a return. On the media side of it, Spotify has the opportunity to sell the ads into the shows that they're creating. Um, Most of the shows, they've moved to be exclusive, so that's a big part of getting people to use the application itself, which helps them because it draws the audience to the app, making them more likely to subscribe for their music service, which is a great revenue stream. But it also means that they're using the app and it allows them to sell a different type of ads. I'm Brian Barletta. I am the founder of Sounds Profitable, a newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel focused on educating people on how podcast advertising and ad tech work, making it accessible for everyone at all skill levels of the podcast industry. So in podcast advertising, the two primary forms of advertising are baked in. We're recording right now. If we set an ad right now in this read, that's a baked in ad and dynamic insertion where there's an insertion point. And at the time of download, each individual person can get a different ad. Spotify has a different format where if you're listening on their app, if it is a show that they own or a show that's on Anchor or Megaphone that is opted into their services, they have the ability to have that ad served by the app itself, which uses first-party data from you creating your account from all of your activity in the app on music and podcasts to make a call and fill it with a more well-targeted ad than we can usually provide in podcasting. So they're driving you for subscriptions, they're driving you to sell ads into the shows that they own completely, and they're driving you into being able to sell ads to the shows that they monetize on their app exclusively. So in the Joe Rogan case, obviously, there's no accidental way that an advertiser could, you know, book ads and then they just accidentally run you know, in front of Joe Rogan's show, in this case, they know what they're buying and they know the audience that they're reaching. Yeah, I believe all of the ads on the Joe Rogan experience are 
uh, streaming ad insertion through Spotify specifically, and they're all host read. So that would be the the brand uh, providing copy or their agency providing copy directly to Spotify or through some of the very few subsidiaries that can uh, sell that inventory. But realistically, unless a brand is completely hands off, in which case they're still responsible because they gave that responsibility to someone else, it'd be very, very hard for their ads to end up on Joe Rogan. In the case of Joe Rogan, investing millions of dollars in the rights to a single show means that Spotify expects to recoup that money, predominantly through advertising. So Spotify paid Joe Rogan 100 million US dollars for exclusive distribution rights to his podcast. What do we know of just how much money Joe Rogan brings in for Spotify? Podcast advertising is based off of a thousand downloads. And a lot of the stuff that's been reported in The Verge and other avenues have really kind of highlighted that if you want to advertise on Joe Rogan, you have to advertise on more than just Joe Rogan with Spotify. So one, it's an anchor show. If you want to get in there, you have to buy a bigger buy than just that show. Two, the CPMs are probably relatively high because it's the only place that he sells ads and has that type of endorsement and because it's uh, more accurate with the way they target ads. But it's not really hard to assume that they can recoup $100 million by running ads for one year against that show. I mean, based on the volume that the show has, based on the high CPM, based on the number of ads that you can fit into a three to four hour show, it's not unlikely that they'll be able to make profit just on the advertisements alone uh, to be able to recoup that and spend. Why not? just purchase the show outright? Why was this a, a licensing deal? Yeah, that's something I'm not really skilled at talking about. I don't know a lot about that stuff, but I think that retaining the rights and ownership of a, a media property has become a really big deal for everybody in podcasting these days. So licensing it, it's just giving them ad sales rights. It's giving them distribution rights. It's allowing them to be a publisher and make decisions about what they do with your content, right? You can make whatever you want. That's probably part of Joe Rogan's terms. He still gets full creative control, but what Spotify chooses to do with that and who owns it at the end of it, which is probably him, is, is what this license is about. Just how influential is Joe Rogan to the platform and to Spotify's bottom line? Uh, the Verge, the Verge got their hands on some numbers that showed I think it was less than twenty percent of all podcasts listened to on Spotify were from Spotify Studios, and I don't think any of that factored in Joe Rogan. I would have to say that Joe Rogan probably does a substantial amount of the uh, downloads and impressions of Spotify Studio projects or Spotify licensed projects on their platform. So by having people buy ads against. Joe Rogan and including and bundling in their other shows, I think it makes it very easy to sell against uh, and, and fill that inventory up pretty quickly. Megaphone, who Spotify purchased, has been really killer at uh, selling ad inventory through dynamic ad insertion, uh, which is the traditional format in podcasting. So I think that Spotify has really found a way to anchor and push their streaming ad insertion with Joe Rogan at the forefront of it. So with millions of dollars at stake for Spotify, will they continue to back Joe Rogan or give in to the pressure and end the partnership? That's next, after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, 
thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a member today. When Spotify signed Joe Rogan, they knew his podcast was controversial, but they proceeded with the deal anyway. Since then, Rogan's repeated cases of misinformation and the use of racial slurs on his show has seen significant backlash. With high-profile musicians and podcasters leaving the platform, will the advertisers follow? You know, how much of a threat is this for Spotify in trying to, you know, protect the investment they've made? I think that this is a huge risk for Spotify uh, because of the fact that podcasting is such a focused community, right? It's very easy to alienate podcast listeners. I, I do agree that Spotify has done a really good job of capturing people who have yet to really expose themselves to podcasts and were listening to music first and they're doing awesome there. But once you fall into the podcast mindset, it's kind of hard to get away from this stuff. Plus, everyone, even my mom, has been asking me about Joe Rogan and about what's going on with all this, especially with, with recording artists getting involved there. I think that this isn't like we're not going to see a bunch of advertisers stop working with Spotify. I don't think that that's where the pain point is going to be, because the truth is, is that advertisers know who they're working with when they're working with Joe Rogan, when they're working with Charlie Kirk, when they're working with Dan Bongino, when they're working with when they used to work with Rush Limbaugh, because the truth is, is that that content that I think personally is awful when the you know the head of that content when that personality endorses something it works it sells so we're at a point where we're going to have to start looking as consumers and seeing what advertisers we like and if they work with that those properties if they fund that disinformation we're going to have to make some tough decisions as consumers we're going to have to be the ones who are educated i'm a big fan of an organization called check my ads that's been really pro pointing that out saying hey this organization says they are anti disinformation and this website is very clearly full of disinformation or podcasts or whatever content did you mean to be there right they just kind of pointed out to the advertisers and the tech partners that made it happen and one answer is sadly yeah we did mean to be there and and i think that that's what we're going to see from joe rogan and the advertisers on there but the other opportunity is some of the advertisers didn't necessarily know or have chosen now that they want to distance themselves but i don't think that that's going to be what hurts spotify here i think it's uh, it's public perception it's the musicians finally getting upset and being even more vocal about how much they make off of it it's podcasters making literally nothing unless they let spotify monetize it and it's the type of content that they as a publisher decide to push forward in reaction spotify have said they'll place content advisory banners on podcast episodes that discuss covid-19 They've also pulled over 100 episodes of Joe Rogan's show that included use of the N-word from their platform. In a statement, Spotify CEO Daniel Ek condemned Rogan's words, but said that silencing him wasn't the answer. Is pulling the bad content, you know, enough for Spotify to protect its investment in podcasting? I don't know, uh, because I do think that 
like we said, you know, podcasting is such a community, right? Like it is such a, a cultural thing right now that people are bought in around it. It's it's reactionary, right? When they bought Joe Rogan, a human absolutely as it, Spotify is a publicly traded company and bought or licensed, however you want to word it, someone listened to every episode and gave it a thumbs up. They removed some before. This is too late. And it's not even pulling the things that we were just talking about. It's pulling a different problem that he's proven that he has. And that's that's kind of the issue, right? What are we going to find out next? How many people are going to have to listen to even more Joe Rogan content to point it out for Spotify when they should have done it already? And the worst part about it is every time we do something like this, what we're doing is we are encouraging more people to check out Joe Rogan, right? Where people who are not reading the full thing or not understanding the full thing just believe that this is censorship, not a publisher choosing what to monetize or not. They bought the rights to publish it so they can choose what they want to or not. I'm actually even more scared of the world where Joe Rogan ends his relationship with Spotify. All of this stuff is available on every podcast channel and his user base grows even further and more people monetize his disinformation. In a statement posted to his Instagram, Joe Rogan apologized for using the N-word, saying he understands it was wrong to do so. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. Spotify also published their COVID-19 content policy publicly, but conveniently, Joe Rogan's content around the issue falls outside of those guidelines. What is their responsibility at the end of the day? I think it's really, really two things. One, right, the, they can determine what they do and don't monetize because monetizing disinformation empowers it and tells it that it's worthwhile and can stick around. And two, as a publisher, it doesn't matter if they have creative control. They can choose what they want to put live and what they don't. At the end of the day, Joe Rogan can scream into his microphone into a corner and say every awful word uh, that he wants, and they can create that and they own that. But they're the ones who choose to put it live. And when their content moderation seems like it was built specifically not to remove the episodes that were in question, that's what's gross. That's what's wrong. This wasn't a content guide that was visible beforehand and it just kind of slipped through it. This is something that feels like someone built it to make sure that it wasn't in violation. Spotify clearly under a lot of pressure, both from music and audio industry professionals uh, and also publicly as well. So does Spotify have any other choice but to kick Rogan off their platform? How do you see this uh, unfolding? I would be shocked at this point if they kicked him off the platform. I think that they've done so much backpedaling and so much justification at this point that I it could be even harder to, to believe that that is... Uh, a well-led company. I am not here to say that leading a company like Spotify who owns multiple different companies under it is easy. I think that this was a completely bad call, but I don't think we will see them remove Joe Rogan. They might not renew the license, but I don't think that they're going to cut their losses, hand them the rest of that check, and just hope that it creates goodwill, because I don't think it will. Also making news today, Africa is set to get a new millimetre range telescope 
The Africa Millimeter Telescope will be located near Table Mountain in Namibia and is actually going to be a repurposed telescope coming from Chile. The whole project will cost around 25 million US dollars and will fill a coverage gap in the Event Horizon Telescope, a network of telescopes around the world that work together to create a virtual observatory that studies events surrounding black holes. The team behind the popular NFT project Bored Apes Yacht Club have been identified by BuzzFeed News as Greg Solano and Wiley Aronau. The real identity of the team behind Bored Apes Yacht Club has been somewhat of a mystery. Bored Apes has a current floor price of 100 Ether, or around 302,000 US dollars. The company running the project is rumored to be exploring a funding round that would value it at around 5 billion US dollars. And popular internet rumors website Canon Rumors is to get a new owner, after founder Craig Blair decided to stop publishing the website. Blair went on an unprovoked Twitter rampage over the weekend, attacking popular YouTubers like Frono's Photo and in particular Gerald Undone. In a series of tweets he called Undone talentless and a hack. He also claimed to have receipts proving his position, although didn't detail what those receipts actually were. In a farewell post on his website, Blair said that he was unapologetic for his colourful language on social media and that the past 24 hours were the most horrible hours of his life. He also said fans of some of the YouTubers he attacked were sending horrible messages to his account. In a follow-up post on Reddit, Blair said he suffers from mental illness and in particular bipolar and ADHD, and that the rant on Twitter was a meltdown that had been building for a year. He also said that he would be doing an interview about what happened, although that won't be anytime soon. If you or anybody that you know is in crisis, I encourage you to go to your nearest emergency room or reach out to a local mental health service. We'll put some details on some of the major services in the episode show notes. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced by James Parkinson and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. For more coverage, check out our website, thedefrag.com, where you can become a Defrag member. Defrag members get an ad-free version of the podcast, discounts to our merch store, and early access to episodes whenever they're ready. And stay up to date across social media, just search for The Defrag. That's all we have today. I'll be back with more news tomorrow.